I feel the buyer quality is volatile at the moment. It's either really, really good, like really amazing, like perfect buyer, perfect house, great, get everything in place, or it's just really, really bad. Uh, so you've got these big developers coming in. I mean, you, you go around Bracknell and the surrounding areas, and you'll see new builds going up, left, right, and center. The media and those who want to predict the market want to see the interest rate increases reflected in house prices. I don't feel in this area specifically that that's happened. I don't know why that is. I'd love your opinion. That's three bed, one in a big garden. Well, houses that you've seen before didn't have that sort of big garden. This house just came on the market with us, has this massive garden, got him in there, and he paid full asking price. Welcome back to another Investor's Corner episode. Today with me, hosting is Andy Brown, as ever, and joining us on a return, Sanjay Patel, and a new member of his cast. I call him, let's call him a cast. Let's not call him a team. Let's call him a cast. Cast member. Uh, Matt Ovenden has joined you looking after sales for avocado property in the Bracknell area. So it's an introduction to Matthew Ovenden and an update on investment in Bracknell. So where are we? We are middle of July. It's raining outside because it should be because it's the middle of <laughs> July. Um, where are we in the market? 13 consecutive interest rate rises. What's that? How many? Yeah. 13. Like the last some. count. Like some. <laughs> Um, likely we're going to see two more investment rises. If you go on TikTok, which you shouldn't, um, the world's about to implode or is imploding or has imploded, depending on who you speak to over and over again, over and over again. Um, but we're in the home counties. We're in an area of high employment. I read an article last week that said people in the home counties have got 10 times the savings that they had pre-COVID which was quite a stat. So I'm keen to know where you guys come into this on the ground, where if you don't know Bracknell, Bracknell is a phenomenal barometer for the rest of the southeast for the property market. If something's going to happen, it happens in Bracknell first because it's a very limited type of housing stock. So if house prices are going to go up, they're going to go up in the market towns in the next six months. If house prices drop in Bracknell, they're going to drop for the next six months in the surrounding towns. So, Matt, Sanjay, where are we in Bracknell? What's that forecasting for everyone else? So, really interesting conversation, just on a side note, I had with an investor the other day. They live in Bracknell. They have done for 45 years or so. They have four investments, four houses, all houses. They did have apartments, but they sold them. And they said, and they've been investing for about 20 years um, in Bracknell. And they said to me, well, I said, are you looking for more investments? They were like, yeah, we're always on the lookout for more investments. So I said, why Bracknell? And they were like, because we never, ever, ever have any problems with the resale because there's just so much churn of two and three bedroom homes. And that's what they are investing in. So they they feel it's almost like from an investment perspective from them, it was such a safe investment to, to make rather than having to worry about in the middle of nowhere and you're buying a two bedroom house and you're like, oh, will it ever resell? Will it not? Whereas back now, they were just like, yeah, it's just constant. It's yeah. constant. So I think that just kind of sets the tone, really, of, of Bracknell. And you know, and we know, we all know how many how many units there are, how many two- and three-bedroom houses there are. I think I said this last time I was in the podcast, ex-council three-bedroom homes in Bracknell. I love them. Oh, what, a, what a great investment. <laughs> Not a great investment. If you're listening to this, 
get in touch. We've got lots of them always. Um, but yeah, that's my thoughts. Yeah, and what I find about Brantle is that Brantle's like on the map now, so we find a lot of people from outside the area moving to, to Brantle now, where they know more about Brantle. Like, for example, London. Um, a lot of buyers coming from London, so a lot of people want to invest in this area. You're, as I'll see the resale, like Sam just said. Good stuff. Yeah, I think from a from an investment point of view, we've seen some sort of big developments coming in Spracknell, really, haven't we, for investors. So you take sort of Royal Winchester House, that was 300 and so apartments, you've got seven capital just down the road from that. So you've got these big developers coming in. I mean, you, you go around Bracknell and the surrounding areas and you'll see new builds going up left, right and centre. And they do that for a reason because they go into these places that are up and coming. They wouldn't, they wouldn't do that unless it was. Um, and they look at the demographic, they look at people's salaries. I think Ian said on, on a podcast, didn't he, the data that they have and that they can see now, that's average salaries, employment, all of that sort of stuff. They base their decisions on that. So if you see these developers coming in, then it's like, right, okay, I need to have a look at this because they're not going in there for no reason. Something's happening. So let me take a, take a look. So. Yeah, there's a lot of investment in in Bracknell. I think people can see that, and then that's what sort of brings people to to the area, really. Yeah, I remember seeing like the office to residential like scene just kick off years, obviously years and years ago now. But the planning and stages, and then now it's all come to fruition over the last couple of years. You'll see so many investors bulk by getting a massive discount on these office to resi apartments, and they're buying like ten at one time, twenty one time, and it's all in Bracknell, or the majority of them in Bracknell, because obviously they had so much commercial units yeah. there and it was just and most of them still even the ones today are still sitting there empty and i always walk past them i just think i wonder what's going on there i wonder what's going on there and they're going trying to go for planning in years and years and yeah. some of them are still sitting there but i'd be interested to see over the next couple of years what happens so matt obviously you're not originally around these parts yeah what, what brings you to bracknell and what keeps you here uh what brings me to Bracknell? Uh, i'm originally from uh, canada uh funny enough i came to live in england play ice hockey so my family um lived in Bratnell lived here for 20 years but I've always wanted to stay here um I've got family here now but there's so much going on in Bratnell over the years since I lived here also you got a new town center here you got a uh, new water park as well which is really good you got swimming floors which is great for the kids as well so overall this is a really good area to bring up a family uh, it's got really good schools around here as well so that's why I see a lot of people moving to this, this area here because it's such a popular area, big demand for buying properties and, and renting properties here as well. So as a housing market, we alluded to it earlier, it's very, very fast turning over with churn. Reason being for that is the demographic of the population is reasonably young because traditionally it's been a cheaper town to buy into than the surrounding towns of Wokingham, yeah. Ascot, Maidenhead, Camberley. It's always been the slightly cheaper alternative, which brings young families into the area for those three bedroom houses that you can't afford down the road. Where does that place investors? What's the benefit for those people to get involved in that kind of town? I think that the reality is when you speak to any other investors that are investing in Bracknell, it's always a safer bet. And I think that's for, for investors coming into Bracknell, I just feel like if they've got capital, They'll just, they just don't, I mean, I've invested in Bracknell before and I, I live, I live and work in Bracknell and I originally bought my place to rent it out and, um, sorry to live in there and then rent it out. And I was thinking normally as an investor, it's always a long-term thing you're looking for, but from 
from a Bratnell perspective, they just never have an issue. Like there'll always be more, well, the rental side of it, there's never ever problems with, mm. with tenants. Like that's just rife. You know that when you lot yeah. a house in Bracknell, even yeah. a flat in Bracknell, like we were talking about that one in Queens, was it Kings Quarter in Binfield? Yeah. Two bedroom, two bathroom apartment get that much interest from a rental perspective. Thinking mm. you won't get that, you won't get that in Wokenham, or you won't get that in you know other parts in surrounding areas. So I think yeah, it's a massive benefit. Yeah, there's one on for sale uh, in that same building, and I calculated the rental yield based on the asking price is six point six percent. So rents have risen in the last two years yeah. to such an extent where that six to seven percent is back. I haven't seen that since maybe 2012. Um, and I was looking in towns like Reading for that, which are much, yeah. much more vulnerable to, to change. So I said Bracknell's a really good barometer and I firmly believe that. If Bracknell is a good barometer, what's happening there now? Uh, I feel that there's... The actual market itself, as much as people are reading the news and all this doom and gloom, mid-July, whatever you want to call it, it's really not that bad. Like We are having like mini open houses on flats in Bracknell. So if anyone's worrying about you know the resale or the side of it from an investment perspective, there is no there is no issue. Like Bracknell is, and I think always will be, because of the churn, because of the volume, it will always be a stable place to invest. That's the fact. Yeah, yeah. So, so if I was selling it, the, the typical house in Bracknell was a three-bedroom ex-council house for those who haven't ever travelled here and seen the delights. Um, if I was selling an ex-council three-bedroom house mid-July 2022 and mid-July 2023, what's the difference in price and what's the difference in interest? So difference in price, in my opinion, is that we were, let's just, for example, all part, launch a three-bedroom ex-council 400,000 last year in okay condition. Nothing special, okay condition. Open house, get multiple offers. It would probably sell around 410, 420, 430 um, without parking. Obviously, it's variables. This time round, we're having to launch them at a similar sort of price, but just be open to offers. Or if they launch at 375, it's not a million miles off. We're doing open houses and still getting multiple offers and getting over that. Like we've just sold one recently. We had one on for 385, exactly the same house we sold last year and got 395 for it. So, you know, mm. that's Bracknell for you. <laughs> yeah. So you're saying there's a price erosion, maybe two, three percent, yeah, give or take, yeah, yeah. on like for like, yeah. year on year, which I feel like the media and those who want to predict the market want to see the interest rate increases reflected in house prices. I don't feel in this area specifically no. that that's happened. I don't know why that is. I'd love your opinion. And I'd love your opinion on whether it will eventually catch up. Uh, my thoughts are that it has, but only ever so slightly. It, yeah. All that's happened is just you've got less buyers per house. But the reality is the prices haven't massively changed because of that, because the demand's still there. Yeah. Do I think that's going to change in the near future? I mean, if we don't have a crystal ball, possibly, but I don't think it's going to be a substantial change like other areas. Um, yeah. it's, that's the benefit of Bracknells. That's why we love yeah. to live here, right? I mean, the demand is still there. I mean, the few I've been getting with the buyers from show around recently, a few of them have sort of missed out on a few properties and they're just desperate to get that next property and they're coming in at sort of full asking price. So the demand is definitely out there. So I haven't seen that. Yeah, I guess you can be sensationalist about it if you want to be. You could say demand has dropped by 50% in Bracknell yeah. 
but in that you've only got 10 viewings instead of 20 yeah. in your first weekend so you say crisis what crisis so it depends which way you you want to spin your news andy yes <laughs> yeah so it's, i mean for for bracknell so when i've been speaking to investors in 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 bracknell they've never had an issue with spending money there like you said sanjay so it's it's just a bracknell area which is a safe investment for for a lot of people you know that you're going to get the rentals on it you know you're going to achieve high rental price so i mean we we've been taking on properties three bedroom properties four bedroom properties for uh, two grand a month two thousand three hundred pounds a month like what is going on but that's just going to continue on you know over the next 12 months I reckon. I mean, so we haven't got a crystal ball. We don't know what's going to happen. But the way things are, are outlooked and the way things are going is that the rental market, especially around these areas, is just going to continue to in, to to increase. So the investment wise, no problem at all. It's just getting people to understand that there still are investment opportunities yeah. out there. Yeah. Because some people are nervous. Some people are scared. Yeah. So. If I if I was a, an investor, where am I putting my money in in Bracknell? What am I going to buy? How much can I buy it for? What's my rental yields? Now, what 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 type of property do I need to put my put my money in? And, and have you got any available properties that people can 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 come and have a look at? Here's a prime example. This week we launched a four bedroom ex council extended driveway parking right next to Bracknell School and it's gone bonkers it needs a full refurbishment bless the current owners have just retired so mm. everything is dated like the whole place needs to be gutted and investment buyers come straight in there and offer full asking price and not messing it's about right like they don't even it's almost like i had the conversation i was like surely as an investor you want to kind of get a below market value property or get some sort of deal or get some i was like no this is going to be a 20 year investment for me these houses are like gold dust for them mm. That's five hundred thousand pounds for one house, whether they do roomlets or whatever it is, yeah. you know HMO. But that's that's gold dust in my opinion, because whatever house that investor, in terms of that mindset, that investor, they're going to go in and refurbish it anyway. So it doesn't yeah. really matter what quality it's in; they just want the structure in the house, and they don't want to be knocking walls around. And that kind of was a prime investment yeah. buy, right? yeah. uh, and that was sold before we even went to market, pretty much. Right. So yeah. So you still got people out there. I mean, what what about what are uh, investors? sort of fine what what is the type of property is it mainly flats that they're looking for is it or what is it your two beds just three beds terraced houses where they can get families in what's what's sort of the trend from from investors i would say uh, for investors would be sort of two bed and three beds because i'll see the resale value yeah and obviously you can make quite a bit on that um and see it's less complicated than obviously buying a, a leasehold property mm. so I would say about two to three beds, and they're very popular as well, and they're easy to let out as well. Yeah. Can we touch on this topic of accidental landlords? Yeah. Yeah. This is a real big thing I'm coming up against all the time. The amount of accidental landlords I've spoken to this year, as opposed to the last two and a half years, has probably 10x. Like, uh, unbelievable amounts. And obviously, it's mainly because of interest rates. But my thoughts on this is that if you're an accidental landlord and you bought a property and you thought two years ago, three years ago, whatever it was, you're like, great, interest rates are really cheap. And then you're coming out of your fixed term. You're like, you're now like, I'm paying double. I'm actually losing money. Um, what's your thoughts on this? Because I've got an opinion on this, but I'm interested to hear your thoughts. If that investor should keep that asset or sell it now. So 
here's where I am. I totally agree with a guy on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, everywhere called Chris Watkin. He's a market commentator. Um, when he says owners are irrational. So typically that accidental landlord might have owned that house for 10 years and bought it for 200 grand. Um, when they became an accidental landlord, it was probably worth 300. Then it will have flown up to 400, 425 and suddenly eroded back to 400. And they'll be ringing you up as the sales agent saying, I've just lost 25,000 pounds on my house. <laughs> exactly that. Exactly that. And it's totally irrational because you haven't. You've you've made, what, 125, 175, whatever my maths was then. Um, and whilst it's been rented out, you made 125, then it dropped back by 25, so you're still 100 up. Like, it's your irrational thing, just taking that top number it was ever worth and saying, well, I've lost money from there. You haven't lost money. You never made that money. Your value has gone up in that period. My opinion on whether should keep a rental asset that is effectively losing money month on month or costing you money month on month is similar to a pension. Most people keep a property and say, Sanjay, Matt, it's my pension. You hear, you hear that phrase all the time. Now, I've never had a pension that pays me monthly whilst I'm working. I pay into my pension yeah. every single month. So if you have to pay into your buy-to-let property month on month for a short to medium term just like paying into a pension in my opinion if you're saying my buy to let is my pension because if you're like me you don't really believe in pensions financial advisors come at me <laughs> i'm not a big pension guy i'm a property investment guy because it's what i know if i'm paying into my my buy to let for the next two years i don't see it as the end of the world it's just not the golden goose that it was going up in value and making me money on a monthly basis uh, that it used to be. It's a shame, but we'll see. But that's also the risk you take when you buy an investment. Yes. Right? Yeah. Investments oh, go up and down. You yeah. Look at the stocks. You know, you're not going to get the same investment or yeah. consistent compound interest every single month, every single year. It does. It goes up and down, doesn't it? I don't know what your thoughts are. It, it does. I mean, I just give you an example. So I spoke to, I spoke to a landlord where he said, so what you're saying is that I'm losing out on money each month. You know, I'm moving overseas. Can't I can't afford to pay to pay that, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, like, how long are you moving overseas for? Oh, a year. Okay, what's your plan after a year? Oh, I'm coming back. Okay, so why why do you want to sell your property that you've got now yeah. for a year? And the the payment that he was losing out on was seventy five pounds a month. And I was like, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Hang on, let's let's have a proper conversation here. Let's 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 go through everything and find out why you need to keep that property and why it's not worth selling because people have got it in their minds that they're seeing these interest rates increase and it's not working out, landlords selling up, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, okay, that might be their their their, their current situation. Think about your own situation, work it all out, and then more than likely you think, Yeah, why am I why am I not gonna keep hold of it? Yeah. Yeah, but like you said, you might have to pay pay out a bit a month, but if it's an extra six or seven hundred, eight hundred pounds that you're paying over the year to keep your property, then more than likely after twelve months you might have seen that yeah. increase in your property price anyway, if you, if you want to sell. So it's just about educating people, isn't it? And and, and going from there and sort of not just seeing the headlines and thinking that 
oh, I need to listen to that. Actually, speak to the experts and you'll get different. You just said a really valuable thing then. It's down to... Well, that's good. <laughs> I mean, not every day. And that, um, it's that Martin, just... Martin, 21 minutes, 30 seconds. Andy said something. Yeah, carry on. Sorry. Um, that's the thing. You, you had, uh, you said, oh, it's all about just educating. And I feel that sometimes when people watch the media, the news, that's not education. That's just clickbait. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's literally all it is. And that's, that. you know, I had spoke to someone the other day. Oh, the market's crashed. The market's crashed. I was like, "What? Define to me what you think a market crash is." Yeah. Do, do you want me to define it? No, that's the response I got. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's like, what is the crash? <laughs> what is a market crash? Yeah, didn't have, didn't have a clue. Didn't know. I was like, "Fine, you know." Um, obviously, you're allowed to have your opinions, but yeah, I think hey, here's a question then. So we recently had a um accidental landlord. Actually, no, it wasn't an accidental landlord. It was an actual landlord that bought a property two and a half years ago, and the two year fix has just run out. So all of a sudden they've gone, doubled pretty much their mortgage payments. Yeah. Reese this year, the last couple of months. They were like, Sanjay, we've got this asset, we've got this apartment, we need to sell. I was like, why are you selling? So my first answer, they were like, because our mortgage payments are doubled, we can't afford the mortgage payments. I was like, okay. I said, what was the situation when you went into this? Like, what was your plan? Would you plan to have it long term or was it short term? They were like, well, we were planning to have it for a few years, you know, a bit of a bolt hole as well when, when we get older and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, fine. For me, that made no sense. That makes no sense. They're getting premium rent as well. Absolute premium rent. So they're not a million miles off actually losing a lot of money. But for someone, you said long-term earlier, but for someone short-term, what's your thoughts on that? And what advice would you give to them? Firstly, I don't believe in short-term property investment. (laughs) Um, Because property is so illiquid, it takes so long to get in and so long to get out of it unless you're very, very good or your supply of property is a gold mine. You know, you're buying way below market value in order to be able to do a flip. I don't really believe in buying a flat and hoping in a year's time you're going to make enough money to make back the stamp duty, the agent's fees, the solicitor's costs, the, the capital gains tax, the blah, 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 that, that come along with it. So it makes very little sense to me. It feels like, again... When they bought that property, no one sat down and said, why? Mm. What's the plan? Yeah, Let's make the plan so it doesn't come off the rails. And you've asked what the plan is at the point where they're trying to get out of having no plan. And, and that evidently confuses people because it's very hard to answer when you say, what's your plan? And they never had a plan in the first place. That then becomes a bit a bit hostile in, in, in that sense because you're calling them out on, on not really knowing what they were doing. Um, so it's it's a really difficult one. If you bought a property a year or two years ago and you're about to run into a loss because your mortgage is going to change, you've got, you have got decisions to make. But if you sell anything at the time when everybody is doing something, you're always going to realise a loss, right? If your shares go down do you sell the shares? You, do you realise that loss? Or do you just wait? Yeah, I've, I've recently invested in stocks. Sorry, completely off topic. I've recently invested in stocks and I just um, I just put my money in every month. I don't even, don't even watch it. I just let it compound interest over time. Don't even think about it. Uh, yeah. And my investments are in crypto. Uh, so you can imagine, oh, I'm like, ding, 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 ding. Is that what that clicking is? Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah big crypto. So it's not uh yeah it's a hard investment to do it's always got you on edge but 
like you said, with investor, it's ultimately comes down to what your what your goal is. Going back to what you just said, is it a long term goal of yours to have an investment property that you want for your pension or other other things, or is it a short short term goal where you want to get a property, do it up? rent it out or sell it on or or do whatever it's, it's all different so again it brings me back to it's each individual situation isn't it on what they on what they want to do i mean with that one um you know if a mortgage is double just getting premium rent i don't know how much the mortgage payment is compared to the rent but you know i suppose if it's if you're talking thousand two thousand pounds or whatever something like that then all right it's you think about it if it's you know I don't want to. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to belittle the situation that some people are finding themselves in. But interest rates are likely to go up by two hundred pounds for every hundred thousand pounds that you're borrowing. So likely that person's interest rates have gone up by maximum four hundred pounds a month. I don't call that a crisis. If I'm completely honest, that's that's what that's what I mean. It's it's although it doesn't sound a minimal amount compared to if you pay it and what can happen to that property further on down the line and all of that sort of stuff then it is quite minimal yeah yeah Yeah. bearing in mind to sell a property sell an asset in this in in this scenario this flat there is also cost yeah agency fees you know selling costs list of these management pack management company fees redemption penalties penalties if they've got that so you kind of have to look at it actually. How how much is it actually going to cost me to sell my asset yep. versus the next year of or however long? You know mm-hmm. the difference, right? Because it actually might not be that much at the end yeah. of it, and you might be in the same position in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Which so, baffles me. Yeah. So in the first half, we talked a lot about demand properties. Demand has halved. I think that's what we're calling this podcast. Just to, <laughs> just for the just for the clickbait fun. Um, <laughs> supply for me is keen in this town is, is key in this town i can think back to 2016 2017 which were pretty average markets where the agency i used to work for the market leader in the town and it was not unusual to have 80 properties on the books oh. um so and as i said all those houses are very much the same so if you've got 80 houses on the books prices are very variable because if five or ten people drop their price in a week the value of that house in the whole town has just dropped by 10 or twenty thousand pounds overnight you can move the market in bracknell overnight so demand is halved so you're only getting you're only getting 10 viewings on your first weekend if you if you market your house so we don't so we've we've last we've got no problem where's supply going how many houses are coming available? Are there enough to meet that demand? Is is the available stock going up? Is it level? Is it going backwards? I mean, in my opinion, I think if I look at this time last year compared to where we are now, there is definitely, definitely 100% more properties coming on the market for sale. Um, it's interesting because I can only speak from our experience and how we operate as a business, but we are having more go under offer, more houses coming on the market than we did this time last year. Um, I do see other properties that are coming on the market and there is more coming on with other agents but ultimately they are coming a lot of them are coming down in price so from my perspective we are I feel like we're double busy than we were this this as opposed to this summer shit so if that sets the tone then fine yeah yeah I think we've 
we're still sat in a hangover from 2020-21 where the whole estate agency or property market came to the point where we were about 10 days away at any one time from running out of stock in the UK. So if no houses came on the market for 10 days, there would be nothing left to sell. It was one of those crazy stats that was thrown out at the time. A few times. I remember the last couple of years, I was like, right, I've sold everything. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now what? Yeah. yeah. And people were like, uh, it was funny because like, it was almost a bit counterintuitive how you looked at it. Because some people are like, oh, we haven't got anything to sell. But then I'm like, well, no, actually look at everything that we sold. Mm. That's because we got we need more. And then when something does come on, we had three or four come on in one week, we'd sell them in a week. Yeah. And then we'd be mm. back to zero again. And I'd be like, make a post out of it and say, we've sold out. <laughs> it is a, it's yeah. such a weird thing to say when you look at like how many uh, properties there were for sale in Bracknell at any one time. But I was just like, that's the surreality. Like, that's what's happening. But that's, that's what I think runs and regulates the market is how many available properties there are. Because if there's 100 to choose from, the market slows down because people perpetually then have to feel like they have to go and view as many of those as possible. There's only 10 available. Well, you can do that in a weekend and make a decision. And that speeds the market up. And I still feel like irrelevant of interest rates, irrelevant of news, irrelevant of anything else, if there is a limited choice, we still have motivated buyers who will buy one of those properties. And it will take years in this area to repair that damage is the wrong word. But the the, the impact of the COVID market that, that we were given even though we're now seeing less transactions because people who would have moved this year probably moved 18 months ago. That's the reality. And also with the also interest rates being high, the buyers that are out actually looking. So I find that they are more serious because if they have to pay the high interest rate. So you've probably got more quality. Yeah. Quality. <laughs> I tell you what, this is this if you're is not way... watching on YouTube, Sanjay's rubbing his legs. <laughs> this is like like this is how I explain this, right? I feel the buyer quality is volatile at the moment. It's either really, really good, like really amazing, like perfect buyer, perfect house, great, everything in place, or it's just really, really bad. Like there's some buyers out there that just don't know what they're doing, don't know what they're offering on, don't know where they're looking. We obviously try and steer to the to the to the good buyers, you know, the ones that are. But I tell you what, some of them are great, aren't they? Oh yeah. Say those two buyers I've been speaking to today. Yeah, to the one buyer. Yeah, I tell you what, we look for good buyers in Bracknell. We set up WhatsApp groups of them. That's the privilege they get. Yes. <laughs> but they love it because we're literally sending them stuff as soon as we've been out to do a beat the balls. And we're like, hey, here you go. But yeah. that's and same with investors as well. We do the same. Like we set up a quick WhatsApp group. And they're getting sort of in for, that's first, first, first in before anyone, you know. Um, that's great, yeah. That's yeah. What's your advice? How do you become a Matt and Sanjay, Sanjay and Matt, good buyer? How do you become privileged to be a good buyer? Sure, we're sure. Check miss, tick miss. <laughs> I tell you what. What do you, what do you not say? Uh, <laughs> donuts and cupcakes. <laughs> and maybe a couple of muffins. No. Uh, how do they get to be in the elite? I don't know. Up. I think when we we only do that when we go out to meet them on viewings, we get to know them, we understand them. If there's a bit of banter thrown in, we always like that. If the things they are saying is so thought out and logical, and they know what they're doing, mm -hmm. then we get a sense of that. Obviously, speaking to buyers every day, and they know what they're looking for as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's when we're like, right, you know what? We want to find you a house so bad, we're going to set up a WhatsApp group, and you're going to get everything first, regardless of who, you know anyone else.
because I know I have to look at it from our perspective, right? From our the sellers that we're working with, we want to match them up with the best buyers, the most stress-free buyers. And if they are the ones, I don't care. Like they're getting in first because mm. it's the win-win for both situations, in my opinion. Yeah. Mm. So I had a buyer that I tied up a deal this morning where he basically was looking for a three-bed, wanted a big garden. Houses that he's seen before didn't have the sort of the big garden. This house just came on the market with us as this massive garden, got him in there, and he paid full asking price. So he knew exactly what he wanted, and that was his main thing. So, yeah. So it comes back to what we referred to earlier is we, we, were, we were talking about an investor. Why? If you know what your why is, then, and you can, you can verbally express that to someone, I want to move and I want to buy this type of property because whether you're buying for investment or whether you're buying for yourself, that makes the agent's job 35,000 times easier because they can express that to their seller. Let me show this one person because they're going to want to buy your house because they're going to be emotionally involved because and the deal will get done it right creates that motivation for you doesn't it yeah because the, the, the buyers come to you and said i need this because of x like much said if you've got someone that says yeah i don't don't really know what i want well i'm looking for you to sort of guide me really what <laughs> i get it because <laughs> yeah, i i mean, don't get me wrong we have that I think we're always going to have that. Yeah. But the reality is I've forgotten about them. When I put yeah. the phone out, I've completely forgotten about them because I'm like, I've just spoken to someone else who's literally mapped out this whole house in her head who's literally like saying where her kids are going to go to school and you know, how she's going to use the living room, what she's going to do with this, the wall she's going to take out. I'm like, they haven't even seen the house yet. Yeah. They've yeah. only booked them in. Yeah. Before I've even booked them in on our CRM, I'm calling the owner saying, guys, just let you know. <laughs> I've got somebody who's like pretty much mapped out their whole life in your home. And they're like, oh, right, okay, fine. So, yeah. In quality yeah. always that's right guys it's been a pleasure having you on as ever your contact details will be in the show notes below with the link clicks if anybody is interested in investing in Bracknell or getting out of their investment in Bracknell obviously Sanjay and Matt would be more than happy to have a chat with you as long as you know your why and then get that WhatsApp group set up so they can do that for you guys it's been a pleasure as ever always welcome back for another visit that's the end of our show we'll catch you next week thanks guys thank you why have we made the investors corner podcast Ian I think online at the moment there is just way too much noise waffle and nonsense everyone's got an agenda so the goal was to make a podcast for people that want to invest money in property or other areas where there's no waffle there's no nonsense there's no agenda it's opinion led but it's an honest opinion and it might not be the right answer but we're going to share it so on the podcast, we're going to supply people with access to mortgage brokers, financial advisors, planning experts, development consultants, everything around the property industry and the wider fields. Yeah, so if you're looking at investing in the future, you know that just having an income from your employer or from your business is not enough to give you the life that you want down the line. We're going to hopefully give you some of those answers that will give you the solutions you need so please hit the subscribe button the more subscribers we get better guests that we can get on and the more people that we can reach so hit subscribe